looking for an apartment sucks wherever you live. People in New York will say, oh, it's so hard to find an apartment here. It's hard to find an apartment anywhere. It stinks. You have your mandatories. You have the things that you won't compromise on. You have the things that you don't care about. Like, let's say, oh, I need a dishwasher. I need a dishwasher. I can't live without a dishwasher. I don't care if I don't have a washer and dryer. Some people feel the exact opposite. Some people don't need any amenities. Some people need an elevator. Some people don't. That's so beautiful. We all need different things. And that's why Apartments.com has an app where you can literally use it to tell it what you need and what you don't need. And it tells you, oh, apartments. Here's some. So instead of looking through every single rental listing you possibly can in the neighborhoods you want, you set and forget, like in that old rotisserie grill ad, you set and forget what you want and Apartments.com will let you know when an apartment that matches what you want appears on the market. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking are listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments.com's instant alerts mean you can spend less time online looking for the perfect place and more time doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. You will drain us. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And it's too long, it's too long, it's too long for you to call back. And normally I would just forget that. Except for the fact it was my birthday, my stupid birthday. I knew you were going to open that TikTok that I've been watching all evening of the Allie and AJ moms at the bar. The Allie you and knew. AJ moms. Allie and AJ are back. They're back. The funny thing is like I love when and this is more of a visual TikTok is a visual medium. Mm-hmm. But I love when a song that I hadn't heard in forever, like a song that I'm like, where did this come from? blows up on TikTok. Or just all of a sudden has this like a meme attached to it within the TikTok w- universe. Mm-hmm. And you can tell it takes the artist whose song that is a good three weeks to figure that out too. Like it, it really does take a long time for sometimes people to figure out and then get involved. I took actually Fleetwood Mac less time to come on and do their to engage with yeah. their meme than Allie and AJ who soon would, are a little bit younger and would go faster. It took them quite a while to come claim their meme, you know? A little bit younger. A little bit. Well, they had to come claim their meme, which is when you get on TikTok, start an account and say, oh, we're here. We're here now. And everyone's like, we don't know you. <laughs> we just know your song. But yeah, seeing Allie and AJ in 2020 doesn't like bring back this rush of nostalgia. It's like two women. <laughs> yeah. Like the only reason I knew it was Allie and AJ was because it said Allie and AJ on TikTok. I know. We're kind of the wrong demo for Allie and AJ, but that is the song. Yeah, that's the song. Yeah. So it's back. Thanks to TikTok. We love when a song comes back back right like it'll probably chart i mean chart low but it'll chart wow wow um a lot of good tiktoks lately i think <sighs> there's been some good tiktoks been seeing some good tiktoks i told you i've sort of like like yeah. futzed with my algorithm so now just kidding so now my yeah. algorithm is like very good like it knows that i want to see people make disgusting food and like cats jumping on things it's really nice you only need to give tiktok about an hour of your time to like confirm the algo and mm-hmm. then from there, it just like learns more about you. And for every like hour you waste on there, you get like a good chunk of of stuff. I mean, I'm sharing this stuff left and right. It knows a lot of jokes somehow about my life that it wants to like repeat back to me. It's very, mm-hmm. it's an all knowing system. It's kind of creepy sometimes, <laughs> you know? 
It's a clever program. Like that's famous last words. Yeah. It's like Gattaca. Yeah. It's like it's AI is like quite good. Better than Gattaca. There's AI in Gattaca? Isn't he a robot? Or is he an alien? What isn't he a robot? No, he's human. Lindsay, it's about humans. It's about the the human spirit. It's about not needing to succumb to like genetic design, like genetic okay, manipulation. Well, whatever. He's 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 AI. Oh, he's... you're thinking Jude Law is a robot in AI. Yeah, but whatever. in Gattaca, he's a human. In Gattaca, it's Ethan Hawke who's like the. Yes, but Jude Law is in Gattaca as a man, but he's okay. an AI as AI. Okay. Who's the smartest robot ever? In Gattaca or in AI? No, like ever in film. <laughs> I'm joking. Hal. In film, who's the smartest? Isn't it Hal? <laughs> sure. Or is it yeah, like maybe. David from the Alien movies, which I just rewatched? The yeah, Michael I don't Fassbender. Know. I haven't seen them in a while. God, I'm I'm stuffed up. It is. I'm like fully a different voice today sorry um my sinuses are a mess and you can't blame the dog anymore lindsey fostered a dog and it made made her face and it made her face took it turn into like a tiktok filter i know it was yeah sad he's he's fine he's good he'll be good he'll be Uh, adopted quite fast he's very cute you are listening to who's there our weekly call-in show where we take your questions comments and concerns at 619 who then we're going to start with some comments. Let's go into this one. Do me a favor. Do yourselves a favor. Stop talking and look. You're not required to write a paper. You're not even required to like it. You are required to consider it. That is your only assignment today. When you're done, you can leave. That is both Julia Roberts' speech about Jackson Pollock in Mona Lisa Smile. And what I would say to Bobby, having learned that he has not seen Mona Lisa smile. Crunch, crunch. Bobby, when are you watching Mona Lisa smile? This weekend. If not, uh, no, I'm watching it tomorrow. I'm watching it tomorrow. Oh my God. I'm excited for you. I will give everyone <laughs> their much sought after recap of Mona Lisa smile on Tuesday's episode. I, I can't imagine about... you won't like it. That's nice. Should I go ahead and just buy it? Will I love it? Or should I rent it? Ugh. I don't um I don't I know I know you have a thing with buying buying film. I guess just buy it. Mm-hmm. I guess just buy it. Mm-hmm. You will want yeah. to watch it again, I think, in the future. Yeah, so just want to let you know I'm going to watch Mona Lisa Smile and I will talk about it on Tuesday's episode. Quite possibly the most important thing that's going to be happening on Tuesday is me <laughs> saying talking about watching Mona Lisa Mona Smile. Lisa smile i'm gonna watch it again too this weekend so i can remember all the intricacies of that fantastic film Mm -hmm. i have to go vote on friday morning that i'm gonna come home make some coffee watch mona lisa smile Smile. great Mm -hmm. good day a solid day especially if it's raining like today nice day uh hi who weekly um so i'm sure you'll get this call a few times but as a former disney employee I can confirm that they, in fact, do not ever do this. <laughs> um, in fact, famously don't. When they do your initiation and walk you through the building, they talk about, like, here's where you get, they take you to the place, and like, here's where you get your Disneyland passes. Um, and I think, you know, depending on what your level is, you maybe get a free pass for yourself or something for, like, a day. Um, but otherwise, you just get them at a reduced rate. And they're like, we don't give free like carte blanche passes to literally anyone like ryan gosling has been calling for years and like we never give him one like he he, even ryan gosling can't get one like 
you're not going to have one. Um, anyway, famously, do not give out unlimited Disney passes. Um, apparently, even to Shonda. So, uh, yeah, that's the story. Live in the Vita laptop. So the point is, we got a lot of calls about Disney being notoriously stingy. stingy for not giving out passes to anyone. I guess, in a sense, it is themy in that everyone does it. But the more that I've sat with this story, I'm like, give Shonda her passes. Oh, yeah. And also, like, I think in retrospect with what ended up happening, they should have given Shonda her passes. She had mm-hmm. something to hold over them, which was literally her contract, which she did not resign. Definitely. And if Shonda had been kind of disrespected in any other area or like been unhappy for any number of reasons whether it was like something like personal or the fact that she felt mistreated as like a black woman empowered D- disney and abc the point is like this could have been like her last straw where she was like you know what i've given them every opportunity and like they won't even do something as simple as this we have a problem and so she was like fuck it i'm leaving i don't care what the rules are what they traditionally do or don't do and shauna rhyme says give me some free tickets to your stupid theme park you give her tickets to your stupid theme park she's worth way more than your theme park tickets that's all i'm saying i don't care how they do it you know Whenever Netflix creates Emily in Paris land and Shonda Rhimes asks for four tickets, Netflix will say, you know what, Shonda? We'll give you 16. (laughs) Yeah, true. Honestly. Take everyone to Emily in Paris land. She can have as many tickets to Emily in Paris as she she desires. They'll bring her to Paris. They'll fly Shonda and her whole family to Paris to watch Emily in Paris. Tiger King Village. It'll just be wild. (laughs) I get tickets to Queen's Gambitville and I still have no idea what's going on. I walk inside Queen's Gambitville and I'm like, it's chess? It's about chess? <laughs> I know. People get being like, Queen's Bandit bandit or whatever. And I'm like, it's about chess. Chess. It's about chess. Anyways, I hear it's great. I hear it's great. I know it's about chess, but it's really yeah. good. Uh-huh. Okay, sure. Next call. Guys, he did it again. Winnie Harlow got roses for Kim Kardashian for her 40th birthday and signed the card. Love, Winnie Harlow. Crunch, crunch. Love, Winnie Harlow. I had to watch so many mortifying, terrible Instagram stories to get to the screenshot where she slowly pans her camera over the card that says, Happy Birthday, Kimmy Cakes. Love, Winnie Harlow. Did you see her house? On her 40th birthday? Yes, everyone's making fun of the tweets where she said, I did it. You know, quarantined and went on a private island, blah, blah, blah. Everyone sent her flowers from like the same person, like that, the ones those that let them like, monstrosities. Yeah, right. I was going to say, it's kind of funny because I feel like the if you're very ones. clear about what your aesthetic is and you use specific people, then when it's your birthday or an event, you just get like a thousand of the same item, essentially. And it's like, it's and that's like not that got. cute, I guess. I don't know. Like, it's, it's, it's just less interesting, right? I mean, okay. And they're so enormous that they are all over her house. There's some in her bathroom. There's some in her kitchen. There's some in like every room in the house. And so she's giving a tour of them. And most of them are like more or less identical. So you get the idea that, or you get the feeling that her friends are calling up the florists and the area and saying, this is for Kim. Just do what you got to do. Like the florists know what she wants. Right. They're like, it's like you call them and you're like, how much can I get for 50 bucks? And they're like, we'll just add you to like the big Kim <laughs> flower thing we're making on on behalf of all of Kim's people. I don't know. Next call. A lot of calls about this. This is great. Because you don't remember, we hypothesized that if there is someone named Nikki in your life, N-I-K-K-I, 
that they are probably loads of fun. <laughs> and we got a lot of response to this. A lot of response to Nikki calls. Here we go. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. I had to pause the show when Bobby was talking about Nikki's with two Ks. And he said to call in if you have a boring friend named Nikki. And I don't have a friend named Nikki, but I do have an enemy of sorts named Nikki. Um, and we went to the same high school and then also ended up going to the same college. She was like the only other person from my high school who went to school with me. And she is notorious for one specific incident where she was at a football game. We go to a big football school. And she went up to a random man at the football game and asked if she could have a bite of his chicken sandwich. And he said, okay, which already is a weird choice. And she took a bite of his sandwich and then threw it on the ground and walked away. Just a total stranger. Um, so clearly she's not boring. That supports your thesis. Uh, crunch, crunch. Women don't belong in balloons. Hey, Lindsay Bobby. Just calling to let you know that in middle school, a girl named Nikki was really, really popular and I guess really, really fun, but she was also my bully. She's a terrible bitch. Now that we're adults, she goes by the name Nicole because I guess she sucks now. So, um, Bobby, your theory might be true. I don't know. Leanne Cuisine, Crunch Crunch. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, I'm just responding to your call about, I mean, to your hypothesis about people named Nikki with um, two K's are really exciting people. Yeah, I dated this girl in college very briefly who was named Nikki with two K's. Really boring. Really not, I mean, yeah, very nice, but not a good time at all. Super boring, and it was Nikki with two K's. Please don't play this call. I just wanted to let you know. Again, I don't want her to know that I thought she was really boring, but um, yeah, I just wanted to let you know. Hey, what do you guys say? Hi, Lindsay Bobby. I called yesterday when, um, in response to when you guys were talking about how all people named Nikki with two Ks are like really crazy and fun to be around. And then I said that I had dated someone in college who was Nikki with two Ks but wasn't. Turns out she actually spells her name CK. So, um, I was wrong and your theory still stands. So I just really wanted to let you know it was important to me. Okay. Love you guys. Bye. I did get permission to play both calls, even though the first call said, don't play this. I did get permission, just so you know. Bobby, I think it. I think it, people confirm that you're correct. Nikki with 2K is a fun person. I think more people called and said there are fun Nikki's than not fun Nikki's. Yeah, you can read my study once it's peer reviewed. It'll be in nature. Why all Nikki's with 2Ks are fun? That's the name of it? Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Yes. Well, this is say why. I'm not getting into the why. I'm just saying that it's the truth. All Nikki's with 2Ks are fun. Yes. Speaking of listener feedback, Gen Z does or maybe does not know who Fergie is. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, I can confirm that Gen Z does know who Fergie is. Um, so Delicious is a very big song. So there was a trend like a couple months ago on TikTok of people like Gen Z kids like trying to do the rap and or one part of the rap and for Delicious like at like double speed. Um and like it, the basis is like everyone knows that rap because everyone knows that song. Um, it was very like it played at all in my like middle school and high school dances. Like there's definitely still really big Fergie songs and Black Eyed Peas songs. Um, but I can confirm that it, probably most people don't know much about her except for those songs, and they definitely know about her infamous um, rendition of the. Um, national anthem at that NBA All-Star game because that's definitely still a meme that goes around every once in a while. Um, 
but yeah, besides those two things, I don't really know her, but I still think Gen Z definitely knows who she is. Um, Trench. Hi. Um, I just paused the podcast because there was a question, a call about if Gen Z knows who Fergie is, and I was personally offended. Um, Gen Z knows who celebrities are. I was born in 99. I think I'm a Gen Z. I know who Molly Shannon is, and I know who Charlie and Dixie Amelia is. I feel like Gen Z is the perfect intersection of modern pop culture and pop culture of the past. So, yeah, I was insulted when someone asked if Gen Z knows who Fergie is. Fergie. Like, Fergie. Fergie. Um, yeah. Okay, good form, Bella form. Um, hi. Uh, I just called. I paused a little premature. Um, I know who, I don't know who the furries are. Um, the the types of responses to this question really ran the gamut because it was like Gen Zers being like, I know the difference between Fergie, actual royalty, and Fergie of the Black Eyed Peas. I know the difference between Sarah Ferguson and Stacey Ferguson. And then some people indignantly being like, excuse me, of course I know who Fergie is, but they were only meaning Black Eyed Peas Fergie, like Josh right. Duvall Fergie. Then Gen Z being like, of course I know who Sarah Ferguson is because they make Fergie jokes on Friends. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, I was just listening to your podcast, and you were saying that Gen Z doesn't know who Fergie is, but I think that they do because they all are obsessed with Friends, and Fergie had a really iconic guest role on Friends when they were all in London. Um, women do belong in balloons. Okay, but most people knew Black Eyed Peas Fergie but didn't know Sarah Ferguson. That was, mm -hmm. like, most of the calls. Hey, guys. Um, remember when Caitlin Bristow launched her iconic scrunchy line um and it was exorbitantly priced scrunchy well she's back with a new venture um and she released this video talking with her with her i don't know if they're actually engaged but they live together or whatever boyfriend jason from becca season of the bachelorette and she was like i'm so excited we finally get to collaborate our two companies have wanted to collaborate, um, and you know her 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 company is Scrunchies, and his company is like like personal financial advice. So how they were gonna really tie in a collaboration? I mean, what a feat! But they announced that they did it. His company Restart and her Scrunchie company do came out with a new collaboration called <laughs> called Redo. <laughs> it's just more scrunchies. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. That's so funny, right? Do love peep. It's so funny, you're right. It's so funny. The scrunchies are sold out also. The scrunchies are, you can't get any more scrunchies on Redo. It's like the most unoriginal combination of two business ideas. It's like one was scrunchies and one was financial advice. How do we put these together? Let's sell hoodies and scrunchies with like a logo on them. That is like the, that is the worst combination of when our powers combine. It's like, to be fair, I can't even think of a business that combines scrunchies and 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 financial advice. But maybe the it would be just financial advice to not buy too many scrunchies because they've gotten very yeah. expensive. 
you know? Yeah. It's very much like the pineapple pizza of, of fashion, I think, or the like business choices. Like, there's bound to be someone who's like, I love this idea. This is amazing. I don't know what, like passion on both sides is what I'm saying. Like extreme passion on Someone's both like, sides. Someone's like, this is an incredible idea. A cropped hoodie and a scrunchie. No one will take you seriously as a businessman unless you're casual and cool enough to put on a hoodie. Uh, wait, what is this? She made a song? Yeah, it's not good. If I'm being not good it just it's just crazy that these bachelor people they just they just try every avenue you know it's like it's honestly borderline inspiring it's like if there's a road for them to walk down they will walk down that road you know if it says hey open a restaurant hey uh slap your name on a a vibrator hey uh be a financial advisor hey have a podcast hey make a country song it's like this woman has never said never not said sure you know yeah Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both, and be one traveler long I stood, and looked down one as far as I could, to where it bent in the undergrowth. And meanwhile, Caitlin Bristow is like zigzagging across both roads, and it's like, out of my way, old man! I was gonna say, I was like, I feel like she took both roads less traveled, which was the scrunchie. I'm taking both roads! <laughs> and the country song. <laughs> Knocking Robert Frost down. Right, I was gonna say Caitlin Bristow to Robert Frost, get the fuck out of my way! <laughs> I don't even know if she's Southern. <laughs> I'm doing laps. I'm going down both roads. <laughs> Honey, I'll be right back to take the other road. <laughs> Got my AirPod Pros on. Scrunchy in my hair. Why does she sound hair. like this? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know why she sounds like that. Maybe I need a scrunchie for my hair. That would really take yeah, it I up mean, to the next I don't, level. I don't recommend you buy one of her expensive scrunchies, but I do love scrunchies. They're good for a your scrunchie. hair. They're good for your hair. They're, They're good for your especially hair? Especially like a silk scrunchie. Yeah, it keeps your hair from breaking, you know, like as opposed to like a you know, a, an elastic. I have an elastic. Yeah. I just like pull out clumps of hair every time I take oh, out the elastic. Oh, well, now you know how it is. Is that a problem? Does that happen to you? Yeah. That's why I wear a scrunchie. Like when you take out an elastic, like clumps yeah, of hair? that's why I wear a scrunchie and I sleep okay. on a silk so pillowcase because it avoids, you avoid breakage. Okay. Hey guys, I have a tip for Dame Judy Dench. Um, you can resuscitate a fish, but it's not through mouth to mouth. It's by pinching, pinching it by the tail and uh, dragging it backward in water to get the water moving over its gills. Okay, me inside. Bye. Good to know. Helpful to know. Wow. Grab the fish's tail, drag it across the water, I guess. Uh, Oh, because of the gill. Oh, okay, okay. Tell it to Judy Dench. Now we know. The, The fish does not need the kiss of life. Last comment. Hi, Lizzie Bobby. Did you guys know that May Whitman and Meg Whitman are different people because I didn't. And I was imagining the girl from Arrested Development, the Manate girl, firing a bunch of people at Quibi until like 10 minutes ago. Okay, crunch, crunch. I don't mean to brag, but I did know that Meg Whitman and Mae Whitman were different people, and I did not imagine Mae Whitman firing people at Quibi, but now I am imagining Mae Whitman firing people at Quibi, and it's pretty entertaining to imagine It reminds me of the Arrested Development plot where she gets a job, and she's like the boss, remember? She like (laughs) fakes her way into a job, and she's like... (laughs) Or is that a maybe thing? Whatever. Oh, no. Oh, no, you're right. It is maybe. Maybe I'm becomes like maybe the Hollywood executive. With Mae Whitman, who played um, Egg. <laughs> Egg. Egg? 
you're going to be really confused when Meg Whitman like gets a job in the cabinet. If Meg Whitman, is, you're going to be, you're going to think that's Mae Whitman. It's still, it still won't be. <laughs> We're going to tell you about a new show called Jocular, hosted by ER Fightmaster, whom we've talked about on the podcast before, T.N. Tran and Katie Kershaw. They're comedians, they're writers, and they're also best friends who are obsessed with women's sports. Kind of like I'm becoming obsessed with women's sports. <laughs> you sort are. of, kind you of, are. a little you bit. Are. You are. They're exploring all things queer, trans, and women-focused in the world of sports. And in each episode, they'll cover the latest games, debate pressing issues, and review how they're all really horny for basically everyone in the game. This is every time I talk to someone who's a fan of women's sports, like a genuine fan of women's sports, not like a newbie like me. They're like, horny, 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 horny. I'm horny for all of them. I know. They're always crushing on people in the game. But that's why it's like we need a podcast that's not us to kind of tell us what we're supposed to care about, who we're supposed to care about, who's hot and who's sexy and who we're paying attention to. Yes. And that's what Jocular is for. Friends and experts will join to share their takes on sports ranging from women's basketball to soccer to power slapping. I don't even know what power slapping is, but I'm in. So tune in every Friday for new episodes of Jocular on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts now. Who is 19-year-old Quinlan Blackwell, and why is she living with 41-year-old Diplo? Crunch, crunch. TikTok drama spilling over into popular culture. And here's the thing. I have, like, two minds about this where I'm like, I'm very much like, yes, this girl is 19, but I'm also, yes, like, if you've been online and paying attention to Diplo in popular culture, you know that he's creepy. Like, mm-hmm. And it's hard, but you can hold both in your mind, you know? Yeah. Anyways, what happened? What is, like, the story? The story is that this woman, um, Quinlan Blackwell, she's 19. She's really funny on TikTok. I think she was a Viner. She was a Viner first. Yeah. So she was definitely big on Vine when she was in high school. And she was big enough on Vine that, like, compilations of her from several years ago exist where it's like the best Quinlan memes yeah and she went by like Quincidia yeah TikTok comes around she joined like many of them do or did they yeah. successfully transitioned to TikTok stardom because yeah. it makes sense like it's the same sort of thing she goes into TikTok stardom she becomes an adult I assume after she graduates from high school she was in outside Dallas Texas then moves to LA and then it definitely was like I'm moving to LA to pursue to take my influencer stardom to the next level or whatever she wants to do music and there's been like throughout her feed i followed her i've been following her like before this but because i i saw some funny thing of hers and i followed her on tiktok like she left her family and boyfriend and where she was living and like moved to la and all of a sudden was like lmao i live with diplo and it was everyone was kind of like what you live with diplo And as it turns out, like she was kind of playing it one way and he was kind of just being mysterious about it in general. She because she was like putting it in. She was kind of like making content out of it, being like, LOL, I live with Diplo, you know, as kind of like a flex. But then I think what ended up happening, which was like maybe unexpected to her, is it kind of got out of control. And people were like, why is this 19 year old woman living with Diplo? Diplo, who was a grown man, he's definitely over 40 he definitely has kids he definitely like someone asked her don't your neighbors get mad at you for making so much noise and she's like well well actually like i live with diplo and he's not complaining i always see y'all saying in my comments like do your neighbors not file noise complaints like why does no one ever tell you to shut up uh i live with diplo right now and he supports my endeavors and then people were like ha ha wait what you live with diplo and then that goes viral on twitter i just think this is so interesting because basically quenlin like blew this up 
for content basically being like, what's the big deal? I live with Diplo. And then Diplo had to kind of be like, I'm like her landlord. Like I rent her mm-hmm. one of my properties and there's a studio in there and I use it and we're friends and kind of take it back. because like make he, music he was, together. Because he was getting called out and she's kind of still keeping it funny even though she did also have a moment where she was like i'm an adult i'm not being groomed platonic relationships exist blah 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 but i'm still kind of like i still feel very weird about this even though they both gave these kind of like statements because i don't know like we've heard this stuff about diplo with younger women for a long time. I remember back in like our Tumblr days, we would hear things about Diplo. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's like not, you know, like the dude is like on the precipice of getting canceled via like all of these rumors, like for a long time now. For like as long as he's been around, he has been the subject of people saying, this guy is creepy. My interaction with him is creepy. He yeah. treats women very strangely, like yeah. all that stuff with Taylor Swift was very weird so i just like don't like i'm looking at this old defamer story and it says um the latest reason to despise diplo is probably also the most substantial after an artist named rebecca mock complained on twitter that some of her work had been used in in a diplo performance without consent or credit his response was atrocious here's their exchange this woman rebecca mock says diplo has shared one of my gifts gifts as a background art for his music without asking me my work isn't your clip art dude don't sample my gift and he goes i credited her what do you want me to do eat her out and massage her boobs at the same time as well so it's like Okay, this guy is just like creepy. And I believe Quinlan here, and I believe that she does not feel threatened by this guy, but there's a reason people are like, I feel uncomfortable about this because he has a history of being uncomfortable. Of course, people are coming up to like protect her. First of all, she's like a personality that they've grown to love on TikTok. They're like being like, what is going on here? Like, do we need to like step in? Because it's like you develop these kind of like virtual close relationships with people. And Mm -hmm. you know what? This is what you get for being an influencer. People really care about you. And then when you make decisions that scare them, they're like, what the fuck is going on? I don't know. I feel like it's hard to... It's hard because she is one of those people that people feel like they grew up alongside because Mm -hmm. she started Vine when she was like underage, when she was like a teen teen. And now she's 19. Yes, she's an adult. And yes, she can do whatever she wants. But people are still going to be kind of like worried about her in this way. Yeah. But she says everything's fine. She says they're making music together. There is actual evidence of the music they've made together. And guess what? The song sounds pretty good. Yeah, it's Diplo. He's talented. She's talented. If Diplo and she actually make and release music together, I wouldn't be surprised if it becomes extremely popular. <laughs> like, what right, I heard was very good. good. I'll play right. a clip here. Yeah. It sounds good. I mean, it's just hard to ignore kind of the institutional knowledge that I have about Diplo from years and years Mm -hmm. of being online. Like, that's all that I'm saying. And like, that's even coming from me. I like a lot of Diplo's music, too. Like, so Mm -hmm. it is one of those things where you just like keep it in the back of your head. It's not fun to Google Diplo rumors because a lot of things will start converging and then this will make you feel uncomfortable. So, yeah, it's one of those situations that's just like impossible, impossible Mm -hmm. to really like 
put your head around because you're totally yeah. in two places with it. But this is what sucks is that Diplo gets to suck all the life out of this when actually Quinlan seems very talented and funny. I watched some of her YouTube videos. She tasted and rated Lunchables. She showed off her boyfriend. She like made her boyfriend put on a wig and like did his makeup and like contoured him so that he looked like her. No, her videos are fucking funny. And also she's the number two January 17th birthday. When I went to her famous birthday, You unlocked the most chaotic birthday grid on famousbirthdays.com. I've never seen a grid like this. I've never, never ever seen such a grid. You have Jake Paul at the top, Quenlin number two, Michelle Obama at number three, Jim Carrey at number five, Betty White, 98 years old, at number six. We have Muhammad Ali at number seven, Steve Harvey at number eight. Let me skip a few. Calvin Harris clocking in at number 12. Dwayne Wade Dwayne at 13. Wade. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not done. Benjamin Franklin. Yes, the Benjamin Franklin at 14. Ray J at 15. Ending with Ray J at 15. And the numbers that I skipped were all people I'd never heard of or kind of like YouTube people that who cares? That's just in that screenshot. If you scroll down a little further, you will notice who clocked in at number 21. That's right. Zoe Deschanel. Are you so fucking, she didn't even break the top 20. Ben Franklin is laughing all the way to the bank. Although <laughs> ben Franklin barely edges out Ray J, which is funny <laughs> to me. Then the, the row underneath Zoe Deschanel is similarly chaotic because it's Lil John at 25, a TikTok star who's 16 years old named Dante at number 26, then Kid Rock at number 27, and James Earl Jones at 28. It's just a mess of a day. January 17th is a powerful day, I think. I think this is what we're trying to say. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Medium time, medium time. Why is Kelly Ripa everywhere right now? Like, she pops up, I swear, in my inbox and in my feed every single day. I feel like she's a them, maybe. But she's exhibiting very hooey behavior. So please discuss. Thanks, Crunch Crunch. This is a great question. I also feel like maybe of recent... Kelly Ripa has been, quote unquote, everywhere. She's a them, but we're going to take this call because I think it's interesting. Mark Consuelos is a who. <laughs> but also, I want to point out the timing of this is pretty funny because we skipped, and I don't know if you left it in the episode, but we skipped a Mark Consuelos and Kelly Ripa story on <laughs> Tuesday, and it was a story about Mark Consuelos' yeah, bulge. Yeah, but it's great. Because I actually, at first when I looked at this, I was like, I have no fucking idea why Kelly Ripa is everywhere. <laughs> but then as I searched Kelly Ripa, I came across a feature written for Variety by, luckily, our mutual friend, Dan Dario, how Kelly Ripa has thrived for 20 years on live. She means live with Kelly and Ryan. Mm -hmm. And I texted him because I was like, I actually do want to have this conversation. I said, we got a call that says... Why is Kelly Ripa everywhere right now? Do you know the answer to that? And he actually was like, yeah, I think I do know the answer to that. And he said, I'm going to quote him a little bit, but I'll also kind of summarize as I go. He said, live TV, live, the show live as well as show I live. think live TV, but specifically live, live with Kelly and Ryan is extremely comforting TV, even more than most shows. In the first 20 minutes is just her talking about her life. And so with nothing else going on, it feels like a little bridge to the outside world. I also think she's capitalizing on that by doing more press. Her kids are legal adults, so she can talk about them more freely and they're on social. She just puts a lot 
out there. And I was like, oh, and her husband is also, you know, semi-famous and hot. And she's also generally really non-problematic throughout her entire career. And she and he goes, yeah, she's basically apolitical, but somehow she never gets called out on that. And she was trained to be really good on camera. Somehow she's able to push out the message that she's very freewheeling, but she's also actually not freewheeling. She's very protective mm-hmm. over her image. I'm like, wow, that is chewing food. Yes. Literally chewing food. Like she's like out here being like, I get Botox. Like I do this. I do that. But she's also like behind the scenes, somebody who really does like pay attention to what's going on with her. What's going on with my career, you know? Yes. Dan talks a lot about this also in his piece if you want to go read it as well in Variety. And remember whenever there was the whole big like snafu between... um, Her and Michael Strahan. Her and Michael Strahan. And she was photographed more than usual. She was a little villainized for a minute. Leaving, yes. And she was seen leaving her apartment holding the book David and Goliath. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, you're so, oh my God, I forgot that. And she's like smiling, holding David and Goliath, the Malcolm Gladwell book. And this was at the time when people were hounding her more than usual, where they were like following her. The photographers were like camping outside of her house because the drama was so huge. She like pays attention to the details, I guess is what I'm saying. She pays attention to the details. Right. Yeah, that was a great moment. No, I mean, I think she, I think that situation could have been really bad for her, but she, Mm -hmm. she figured it out. And I think he also, he also wanted to get past it so he could make, continue and make his career stay really big, which it has remained very big, Michael Strahan on television. Like, it is interesting to me, though, that she does feel everywhere. I think it really is a mix of her having a daily show where she talks about her. She puts a lot of stuff out there so tabloids easily can pick it up. Like, no problem. Let's just get some Kelly Ripa shit on the on the on the docket as well as her husband being also in the spotlight and being like hot guy on Riverdale that's also you know compelling to them as well they really have like a good thing going in terms of getting press Mm -hmm. does Kelly Ripa have like Kelly Ripa stands that's my other thing is like I don't really see that my mom likes her I know that my mom has said like oh I like Kelly like yeah it's very first it's first namey do you think um do you think Kelly Ripa is threatened by Kelly Clarkson as like another Kelly in in like daytime TV, <laughs> threatened by her. Yeah, we've talked about Drew and like Drew's sort of a disaster. Like I don't think anyone's really threatened by that. No, show. no one's I threatened think they by feel Drew. Sad about that. No show. one's threatened by Drew anymore. Sorry, at this point, I don't watch these shows. I think that they're very outdated. I think the only reason that Kelly is so good at it is because she's been sort of grandfathered in. Like the show has been on so long, so it doesn't feel old and dated. But the moment you introduce a new show into this format, it's somehow like it feels like anachronistic and strange. And you're like, mm. I know that it's really sort of following the format, but we don't need a new one. But of all of the new ones, Kelly Clarkson, because she's a singer and because she's just like got the sweetest personality, it's like the one that would be threatening, if anything. But I That's honestly what I'm don't, saying. I don't know that Kelly Ripa feels threatened, threatened. by ma- many things, right. you know, apart right. from like more existential things like time. I feel like Kelly Ripa <laughs> feels threatened by time. Um, but um, don't we all don't we all but to answer your question I don't think that Kelly Ripa feels threatened by Kelly Clarkson because they're kind of doing different things so I don't really think they're competing with each other because they're not really competitors it's just so funny to me that daytime TV is full of women and they're Mm -hmm. expected to talk about their personal lives like watch Drew Mm -hmm. Barrymore like she's definitely like talking about her kids and da 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 late night TV all men mostly men they never really talk about their personal lives. They don't, they're not expected yeah. to do that. It's not part of it. Unless they're announcing an embezzlement scheme. Like yeah, unless, <laughs> yeah, or unless they like sexually <laughs> harass the intern or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I mean, 
but they net there's no like like the opening monologue like jimmy fallon isn't like my wife and kids he's like here's mm-hmm. some jokes about the news meanwhile kelly ripa at the top of live is like today i like did the laundry to, to get mm-hmm. to get to that point it's just fucked up how we have that kind of laid out for us like that that's the way mm-hmm. that it's supposed to go interesting yeah Interesting. interesting. I'm just saying it's interesting. But the perfect storm, I think what Dan brought up that I really wasn't even thinking about was that her kids are 18 now. And yeah. so, and they are, and I've known that independently they get a lot of coverage because they're extremely online, the daughter especially. But I didn't realize that Kelly talked about them that much. And so that sort of just like opens the door even further because then she gets the entire angle of like, look how happy and pretty my family right. is. And she I mean, remember loves how showing often... off how happy and pretty her family is. I mean, remember is. how often Kathy Lee talked about Cody. Oh yeah. my god, Cody, yes. <laughs> like the fact that I remember his name, oh, we get Cody. out of here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I did watch I'll probably I'm gonna save it for the Patreon, but like I finally watched Then Came You last night Ooh. and oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. We'll talk about it on the Patreon I've also seen. I'll it. talk about it on the Patreon. What I will say now is like do not spend six ninety nine on Then Came You. Please don't. In case don't. you didn't realize that's the Kathy Lee written and starred movie in which she lives out of fantasy in Scotland with Craig Ferguson. Speaking of late night TV. Okay, we need to move on. Okay, next call. Next call. Uh, I can skip this. It's so strange. It's visual. I don't know. I just don't know if there's much to say about it. Lindsay, Bobby, it's Brendan and I am crying at the Daily Mail article entitled Denise Richards 49 cuts a glum figure as she joins Joan Collins 87 Jane Seymour 69 at a photo call for TV series Glow in Darkness in Madrid okay first of all why are they at a photo call in Madrid in the middle of a pandemic especially Joan Collins she's fucking 87 not not a mask in sight no social distance is happening here it appears to be in what looks like a Hilton ballroom with the jankiest step and repeat I've ever seen. Besides the point, apparently this movie play, I'm not sure, takes place in 12th century and (laughs) Owen Collins plays Adelaide of Marin, a 12th century queen of France. Please, please, Lindsay and Bobby, go look at this image of Joan Collins in costume of what is supposed to be a 12th century Queen of France. Uh, It's so glorious. She looks like a mother of the bride from 2008. Uh, It's beyond. Please, can you please answer us what is this what is this series? What the fuck is glow and darkness? And how did they get these I mean, I, I guess Denise Richards and Joan Collins didn't have a ton going on, but it still seems odd. There's money coming from somewhere and I need answers and I figured you guys could assist. Love you. Crunch crunch. 
how do you even describe what's going on here? I've never heard of this show. <laughs> how did these three women come together? Why is Joan Collins in Spain? Why is she an 87-year-old man, 87-year-old woman in Spain promoting a movie I've never heard of alongside Denise Richards, who cannot be trusted, and Jane Seymour, who I don't even know how she got involved in this too. This is so weird. And the more you read, there actually is, a, I was I was going to say, the more you read about it, the stranger it gets. So after this caller called in, I was like, well, at first I got to see the photos. And the photos are, are bizarre, as the caller said. And the lead photo under Denise Richards 49 cuts a glum figure as she joins Joan, glum, not glam, as she joins Joan Collins 87 and Jane Seymour 69 at a photo call for TV series Glow and Darkness in Madrid. Truly is hysterical. It's Denise Richards looking miserable at a photo call, as the caller said, in what looks like an airport Hilton. And none of them have masks on. There's like one part where they kind of do. It's in a different like part of the area that mm-hmm. Jane Seymour has a mask mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. Point is, they're like giving this press conference. I looked around. I can't find footage of the press conference. I don't know what's happening. So I was like, I've never heard of this show. There's this period drama. Is it going to enter production soon? No, there's a trailer. A lot of it's already been filmed. They paused during the pandemic, but a lot of it's already been filmed. And yes, this is the cast. And yes, it's based in Spain. I think that the show is in English. However, it's a Spanish-financed show about 12th century France starring American and British women. So, like, the whole, the whole thing is very what? weird, right? What? And it's financed, it's financed and written by this, like, trio of very famous Spanish men. And one of them is, like, a very, like, esteemed person in Spanish television named Jose Luis Moreno. And so he's, like, based on this Variety article that I'm reading, he's, like, mostly known for comedies. But he's, like, writing this show. And then another financer is this guy, um, where is it? Alejandro Romers. And so you're like, I've never heard of these people. Maybe it's like Spanish TV. Like, I'm just not familiar with Spanish TV, but they seem like important, you know? Like, they seem like they could be like a Shonda and a Ryan Murphy or whatever. Yeah. But then you scroll down and I watched the trailer and it looks cheap. Like, it looks like soap opera, like shot on video, like sort of cheap, like BBC something. Yeah. The cinematographer has photographed almost all of Almodovar's movies. So it's like, what? Like you actually have like a very famous and really talented cinematographer involved. His name is Jose Luis Alcane. Do you think it's just like an international play? Like it's just like, it's just like a, like a purely. They don't even have, this is the weirdest paragraph. Notably, the series does not yet have distribution, which according to Moreno is by design. Quote, we hope distributors see our work and if they value it, we'll start speaking with us. So like money showed up somewhere and they got enough money from somewhere to shoot like a season of this show. Right. It doesn't have a TV station yet. Like this show is in limbo. It's so weird. And why did they get But they're doing press for it? Like either they're doing press for it, but I can't find video of the press. I can only find photos of Denise Richards cutting a glum figure doing the press because she's frowning the whole time. She's like, Why am I here? Why am I here? There are photos of her on the Daily Mail, like shooting, and they're like shaming her for not wearing a mask while like out in public, which is like spot on. That's good, but like, yeah, we don't actually have like even the trailer doesn't have dialogue. It's the strangest trailer because it's just showing scenes, but no speaking. So you're like, I can't get a sense of the tone of this show. And as this Friday article points out, both Denise Richards and Jane Seymour were Bond girls, which suggests to me, reminds me that like these women, yes, it is kind of weird. But I think Jane Seymour and Denise Richards, especially Denise Richards, is like a version of like bigger in Europe, you know, like. Yeah, no, for sure. It seems like they just like chose three quote unquote iconic female actors they uh-huh, give it kind of this uh-huh. extra like 
international taste. It's just so weird because this variety piece that you were quoting, the only one that has any information on it, at the bottom he says, I can't give you the exact budget because we're planning three seasons and there will be massive battles and VFX. Of course, that's not set in stone because we'll be shooting for six months still. If everything goes wrong, it will be my fault because we have the means, he half-joked. It's like, where are they getting money for this without any sort of like distribution? There must be some big producer or like... They're all rich, but also like something weird about the money. It's very like, where'd you get the money? It's very like, where'd you get the money? Like, I would have no questions about this project if it were like Spanish celebrities, like these women I've never heard of, or like French women I've never heard of, or like even American women who are a little more prestige But the moment Denise Richards gets involved, it's like, where'd you get the money? I'm sorry, Denise Richards is not doing this out like upfront payment. Like, there's just no way. There's no way. Like, Denise Richards flees the country to make a period epic with no distribution screams like money laundering to me. Like, I I don't. Truly. I don't even know what money laundering is. And I look at this and I'm like, money laundering. Something is like going on with this. But then it says, behind the camera, Morena has enlisted five-time Spanish Academy Goya winner and longtime Pedro Almodovar collaborator Jose Luis Alcane as his director of photography. So I'm like, that's tight. I bet this show's going to be beautiful. And then you watch the clip and you're like, this show's ugly. So like, is it actually Jose Luis Alcane? I don't know. It's like, oh, he made Volver. Like, oh, he made Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. It's like, I'm on the verge of a nervous breakdown looking at these photos because I don't think that this is real. <laughs> like, what? There's like a literal website for it in Spanish. Yeah. Like, they're trying, like, they're literally trying to sell this as they're filming it. Like, it ha- it's like dreamlight.es, which is like España. That's like the Spain.com. Like, you can go and, like, see the whole setup with all these pictures or whatever. Like, it's, I don't know what who they expect to come along and scoop this thing up. I don't know how this even works. They were really gunning for Quibi. <laughs> Bye-bye. Seven minutes maybe of Quibi. Jane Seymour. I mean, this is the reason to bring back Quibi because I don't think I could stomach more than seven minutes at a time. Oh, my so. God. You have to wait. I, they have an Instagram. I'm like, wait, hold on. Like, I'm losing my mind here. These photos. Joan Collins. Keep her safe, I guess. I know. Instagram. Keep her 600 safe. 600 followers. Well, now now 648 followers because I just followed them. I'm very curious what happens here. This is so strange. It's it's a mystery. If you know the... I feel like the actual like reveal of this is something like some rich guy <laughs> just wanted to make a movie with his favorite yeah. actress, Joan Collins. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I feel like it's yeah. very much like one of those things where like you pay for porn that you say what the theme is or whatever. Yeah. Like, what was that? that was popular either... for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They don't even have a good wig budget. Like, okay. what is this? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Stop sending me photos. Poor Joan Collins. And also wigs. Joan Collins. And Joan. Co- and I don't want to like remove Joan Collins' agency here, but I just Ugh. feel like someone is taking advantage of Joan Collins. Like, no, I Joan know. Collins is being I'm, taken advantage I'm, of. Why is she in? We're not, we don't even discuss Jane Seymour too, who's like playing Jane Eleanor. Jane Seymour is lucid. Jane Seymour is, <laughs> knows what she's doing. Denise Richards knows what she's doing. Jane C- Joan Collins is, I worry about okay, her. Okay, okay, okay. So we're worried about jo- Joan <laughs> Collins. Get her out of this wig. Oh my God, next call. Get her out of this wig. You're having a dinner party. It's last mm-hmm. minute. You've realized the cocktail I'm making, this, this happens to Bobby all the time, the specialty cocktail that Josh is making 
we're missing an item. We're missing a piece. And it can't be, su- there's no substitutes. We have to go yeah. to the liquor store, but we don't we have, have time. We have to get this particular vermouth or Amaro. But we can't leave because the oven's on. What are you going to do? What's the solution? What would you do? DoorDash, because I know that I can get local restaurants, local stores, local establishments and get it to my apartment in no time. If you're looking to celebrate with some special drinks, here's to alcohol delivers with DoorDash. Getting ready to host, looking to celebrate a special night in, what about a bottle of wine to pair with dinner or some beer to go with your chips and dip? No matter the occasion, if drinks are called for, DoorDash has you covered. And then you know what? You tip right within the app. They get 100% of the tip. You got to tip your DoorDash drivers always. So save up to 25% off up to a $15 value when you spend $35 or more with code WHO24. So whether you're grabbing drinks for an event or staying in for the night, DoorDash is here to help you have a great evening any evening. Term supply must be 21 plus to order alcohol, drink responsibly, delivery and promotions available only in select markets. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Maria Bakalova, this Bulgarian actress who's playing Borat's daughter in the subsequent movie film. What is her deal? Uh, she should win Oscars, right? Uh, anyway, I'd love to hear you talk about who the hell she is. Thanks. Uh, stay in your house. Vote. Bye. Borat 2, the movie that like a lot of people sort of begrudgingly watched over the past week because my wife is like all of that is such a old dated joke. Like you hear someone say like my wife and it's just like the most pathetic and you go back in time. It was it. We aged out of Borat jokes in like six months. Yeah, so, but like, like, did I laugh when I heard my I heard my first wah wah wee wah? Yes, I wah, cracked the up. I was like, it felt like I was home. I was like, oh wah wah wee wah, like it kill it cracked. I still laughed. Mm-hmm. Like that's you know we're all we're all mm-hmm. damaged in different ways. But I will say there was a nice you know split between people who didn't like and people who actually loved. Borat too. I didn't hate it. I thought they did some clever stuff there. They're, they had a fun I thought time. I would hate it. I thought I would hate it, but they did some fun stuff playing with his notoriety, what the point of the movie was, what he was trying to say mm. like politically, uh, how the, the kind of the twist at the end kind of cracked me up. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. it, it had its moments. I can't completely dismiss it. <laughs> it was sweet, especially because of the like old like Holocaust survivors who I think are upset that they were in the movie. Oh, but know, their scenes are very yeah. are very sweet. sweet. The woman Janice Jones, who was the woman who was like the Borat's babysitter. daughter's babysitter, who yeah. has now her GoFundMe has raised over one hundred and eighteen thousand dollars wow. because she was paid like three thousand bucks to be in this movie. And she's and like she's the heart very of much the like, film. Yeah, she and those Holocaust survivors are like the heart of the. They are like the reason the movie. Works. works i think like the movie wouldn't work without them the only actual actor paid actor who is the other reason the movie works is his daughter maria bakalova uh-huh. who's this actress who's bulgarian who he i guess in some video he said he he got they did uh self-tape where people just send in like tapes of themselves kind of auditioning they got 600 mm-hmm. self-tapes from like all over the place i think they wanted an unknown actress i think they wanted somebody who was not from the united states who wasn't doing like kind yeah. of an impression and they picked her and she's just like this random 24 year old woman who actually did like an incredible job she's from she's, bulgaria she's also the other reason why the it works because there's like an authenticity that she's able to portray that is like equal, if not better than his. It works somehow shockingly well. Yeah. I don't know. I mean. It works. Yeah. 
Um, and, and now she, she's like number one on star meter because everybody is like Googling her because like they don't know who she is. They don't know whether she's even real or not. You know, that was yeah. a big question. She is real. She's real. She she's is real. real. She's a real person. She's from Bulgaria, not to be confused with Bulgravia. No, um, I will never make the... that mistake. Sorry. <laughs> never. I guess we're going to Bulgaria. There's very little to know about her at this point, but like you look at her Instagram, she's like politically active. She seems pretty cool. I mean, you can scroll all the way back to her Instagram in a matter of you could pretty quickly. Like she, you know, she was acting. She did a few Bulgarian movies. She did one called Transgression that got a minor attention, not in the United mm-hmm. States, but abroad. She definitely, this is like big break status in terms of like what she could do next. There's a very weird photo of her with Steven, C- with Steven, with Steven Seagal. Seagal, which I was from like, two, from, from 2014. What's like, oh, yikes, get away from him. But yeah, I mean, this is clearly like someone who everyone's excited about because it's like people keep saying like, oh, nominate her for an Oscar. And I'm kind of like not fully like LOL about that. I'm like, you should like. She does a good job. Like, if this movie gets any attention, it should be for, like, the kind of unknown actors who stepped up to play against Borat and, like, make this movie worth something, you know, which when it would be otherwise worth nothing. Yeah. It's disappointing that he... I understand the production of these movies is going to be inherently problematic and fucked up because it relies on deception to get, like, authentic reaction, and it relies on people signing waivers, not really knowing why they're signing the waivers. Like... I rewatched the first Borat before this one, and that was that truly was a rough watch. Like that was tough. Okay, it's like occasionally funny, but it's very rough. But I had forgotten yeah. it was the whole thing. Whenever he gets in the car with those frat guys, and they're like very racist, and they talk about like wanting to bring slavery back. Like they sued him, and they lost back in two thousand six or two thousand seven, and their identities were like never revealed. They were like, "I lost jobs because of it," which yeah. is like to them, you're like, "Well, fuck! Of course you should have lost jobs because of it." You said like fucked up abhorrent stuff on on camera, willingly, openly, right. whatever. Right. But in this one, there's something like he's using the people who he's deceiving almost more crucially because they're the moral compasses of the of the movie. Like it's almost like more egregious. I was down to watch you take advantage of dumb asshole racist bros but there's something about like those two old ladies and then the babysitter it just feels weirder right it's just it's it's he's not humiliating bad people in a way that is like shadily satisfying mm-hmm. in the first one he's almost like i don't know there's like a weird twist where now it's kind of like revealing yeah. people's humanity who you may disagree with like you mm-hmm. know it, you the, it, the make it makes the movie though an interesting watch i can't lie like i'm not like, I definitely thought a lot about it, which is, like, more than I could say about the original, right? The original was just, like, funny catchphrases. This one, like, mm-hmm. seems to, like, really have some sort of thought thought process about everything from, like, xenophobia to, like, coronavirus and, like, you know, and, like, Trump supporters and all of that. There's more value to it than I ever expected. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. how, do, how did we get a Borat 2 weeks before the election that actually has something to say? It's just shocking to me. After years, you know, like this dude is like created a character that is as big as like Austin Powers somehow. Like, how mm-hmm. did he do that? Like, wah, wah, wee, wah. I can't. Like, wah, wah, wee, wah. It just sucks <laughs> that like he, he gets to outsource paying this woman fairly to everyone else. Like, Sasha Baron Cohen and like right. the producers of this movie get to be like, oh, 
oh, well, at least she got paid. Like, she's probably going to get like $200,000 eventually. But it's like, I didn't have to do anything of it. It didn't have to come out of my budget. Like, bye-bye. Like, that sort of sucks. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't even sort of suck. It just sucks. Yeah. But there's... It does suck. It's it just does one suck. of This is one of these movies that there's no... <laughs> There's no easy way to talk about Borat. Because I know. Borat it's is like, like you kind of just have to watch it. Like, that's how I hate mm-hmm. to say it. It's like, well, it's on Amazon. Go watch it if mm-hmm. you want. If you're interested. I don't know. I just thought. But down to yeah. that, down to the fact that it's on Amazon. I like, know. I know. This movie, to add insult to injury, you have to pay, give money to Jeff Bezos to watch this movie. Like, it, the whole thing is like a kind of a nightmare. Yeah. But yes, this woman is good in it. She's genuinely good at it. <laughs> right. But like back to the person you're asking about, this woman is quite good at this. Like she, like he, this casting. I mean, I think this, a lot of this, a lot of Borat is casting. So much mm-hmm. of it is casting. And they did a great job with her. She's very good. And she takes on some like difficult things in this film in terms of like yes. having to play against big characters and also like in uncomfortable situations, which is kind of mm-hmm. Borat's whole thing. Okay, she had to well, film a thing with she had to film a thing with Rudy Giuliani, oh, that Giuliani was, and she that's like the big, yeah. was able to do it. Yeah. But yeah, who is she? She's kind of no one and that's the whole point. <laughs> I'm genuinely interested though to see what she gets out of this cuz she will definitely get work out of this. How could she not? But like will it be quality work? You know? Like Right. Well, I mean like what kind of actress does this woman want to be? It's hard to play. We've talked about this. It's hard to play like a very specific role. You're cast for this role. This role was almost created for you in some way. Mm-hmm. And then how do you like grow past that? That's difficult. Yeah. It's like makes me think of Napoleon Dynamite where it's like Napoleon, whatever his name was, he couldn't hide the fact that he was Napoleon Dynamite. But I kind of feel like what works in her favor is that I really, I was looking at her Instagram photos oh, yeah, she's and like, I was like, oh, I kind of didn't know what she looks like. Yeah. yeah. Like at least. That's true. When she's in something else, she won't look like Borat's daughter. No, also <laughs> Borat's know? daughter has like a very specific like um, makeover vibe that like trans- mm-hmm. transforms her from looking like terrifying into like this like other terrifying version of her. So mm-hmm. yes, she in real life, this woman does not look like what she looks like in the film. Yeah. Let's play a really quick game of who are them. Yeah. Uh, with some with, with some silly questions. Okay. This is, these, are si- these are silly Silly questions. These are okay. silly. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Um, I was watching football with my dad on Sunday, and the game used the beginning of Michelle Branch's Are You Happy Now as outro music to a commercial. So I was wondering, does Tom Brady know who Michelle Branch is? Crunch, crunch. Um, does Tom Brady know who Michelle Branch is? <laughs> One, two, three. No. no. He doesn't. Do you know how much okay. Tom like. Tom Brady doesn't have time to know who, like, the president is. Although, no, I'm sure he knows who the president is. But, I mean, like, Tom Brady was, like, was, like one of those guys that, like, spends all of his time, like, focusing on, like, health and body and, like, making his wife happy. You know what I mean? Like, that's a... Tom Brady barely knows who Patty Boonchkin is. Right. You know? Like, like he doesn't know who Michelle Branch like, is. Like, Tom Brady does not know that Borat 2 came out this weekend. I'll tell you that. No. He has not seen it. No. He didn't even know that there was a second one coming. No. Um. Next question... Who is the more famous Neve? Neve Shulman or Neve Campbell? Crunch, crunch. Look, who is the most famous Neve? Neve, Cam- Neve Shulman or Neve Campbell? Nev Campbell or Neve Shulman? They're pronounced differently, actually. A, a one, two, three. Nev, Nev Campbell. Campbell. Oh, but I yeah, feel like that's absolutely. biased. No. Okay, fine. No. I agree. Nev Campbell. <laughs> I don't have to back it up. No, Nev Campbell. Okay, 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 okay. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Bobby. 
uh, long time, medium time. I just really wanted to talk about Candyman because uh, it's my favorite Halloween movie to get me in the mood. And the new one was supposed to come out October 2020, and I just realized it's being pushed to August 2021. What happened there? I'm so sad. It was one of the few things I was looking forward to in 2020. And now it's gone. We have to wait basically a whole other year. Also, from the original Candyman, Virginia Madsen, who are that? Crunch, crunch. Virginia Madsen. Virginia Madsen. hard. I think it's so. I have a, I have a follow up question to this, uh-huh. but I'm gonna say Virginia Madsen. One, two, three. Who? who. Yeah. Okay. I think she's sort of like she's not quite prestige who, but like she's definitely. Oh, her. Who, yeah. Who. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, she yeah. used to be a them. Like it's yeah. very much like she used to be a them. Right. 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 And then after Sideways, she had that bump, like sort of a, the comeback that right, 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 fizzled, right. whatever. She's still around. But I, my follow-up question is, just because he's been, in, he's been in the news much more than Virginia Madsen lately, Tony Todd, who is Candyman and Candyman, who are them? One, two, three, who? who? Yeah. But so one of those, oh, him, because he's in everything. But he's I in so do many horror movies think... And his voice when Candyman the new one comes out I think it's going to be big and I do think that these people are going to get little bumps because I think that it's going to kind of like ripple I think it's going to be a big deal when it comes out especially now that they've delayed it which is so frustrating there's a really good interview with Tony Todd in the New York Times this week which is I was thinking of him and you should read it and to answer your question why why is it taking so long I think this is one of the movies that like like if they didn't think this movie was good they would have dropped it no, I think like they're like, craft. we know this is good and we are not wasting it on like a non-Halloween season. Like we are not. Sorry, we are just not. People need to see this in theaters. And I agree. Like, yeah. you know, there are certain movies like for scary movies, seeing it in theaters, mm-hmm. huge deal. A huge deal. Candyman is, I think maybe that's why this caller called me up. I'm like, do, I, don't, I forget what I talk about on the podcast. But yeah, we Candyman's were... like essentially my favorite Halloween movie. Yeah. And so it's like, I was so excited about this. But aren't you more excited to see it in theaters? You want to see it in theaters. Oh, yeah. Right. You want to, horror, good horror, you want to be around people. Totally, totally. Who is Tillier? Christy Carlson Romano or Pecorino Romano Cheese? Crunch, crunch. Who is who we are? Christine, Christy Carlson Romano or Pecorino Romano cheese? One, two, three. Christy, Christy Carlson, Carlson Romano. Romano. Come on. <laughs> Great question, but this is an easy one. And who's them here? Christy Carlson Romano, Pecorino Romano. Who's, wait, who's them here? Pecorino Romano or Ray Romano? Oh, Ray Romano. You think Ray Romano's them here than Pecorino Romano? It's true yeah, because I think that because Parm is always comes before Pecorino. You get Pecorino if you're looking for Parm, and then all they have is Pecorino, and you're right. like, I think this is the same thing. And <laughs> then you get home, and you're like, it's sort of the same thing. Like right. it tastes a little right. different. It tastes it's a little mostly different. the same. I like mixing um, Parm and Pecorino, like as a yeah. like as a thing, gives a nice mix. But you're saying Ray Romano is themier than Pecorino. Yeah. Would you like to know the difference between these two cheeses? <sighs> Now you look... Yeah, sure, I do. I'm on Epicurious. Thank you, Epicurious. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm reading a story called Pecorino versus versus Parmesan. Actually, you know what? Fuck Epicurious. No offense, Epicurious. I love Epicurious. Uh, um, uh, uh. Shout out to Bina. But I had to click Pop Sugar because <laughs> I, Pop Sugar has a story called What's the Difference Between Parmesan or Reggiano and Pecorino Romano? And it's really funny to get my news about cheese on Pop Sugar. 
So it says, while both Parmigiano-Reggiano, a.k.a. Parmesan, and Pecorino Romano are hard, salty Italian cheeses that are often served grated, they're not the same, nor 100% interchangeable. Here's what you need to know. Pecorino, sheep's milk, not aged as long. Parmesan, cow's milk, aged a lot longer. Okay, Thank you. Cool. Thank you. Thank you, Nicole Perry at Pop Sugar Food. <laughs> Pop Sugar Food. And thank you to the callers for calling in. This was another great episode of Who's There? Our weekly call-in show call-in at 619. Who them? If you have questions, comments, or concerns, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash whoweekly if you want twice-weekly bonus episodes and also an extra VIP phone call line. And uh, good luck voting out there. I hope you have something good to listen to while you wait in line. And um, we'll see you on Tuesday. <laughs> I cannot believe we're releasing an episode on November 3rd. Oh my God, you're right. We are. Anyway, have fun voting for Joe. (laughs) We'll distract you on your way to the polls, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, we'll keep you company. If you're waiting in line, we'll we'll keep you company in line. I think it's a nice thing. Thank you for listening. Bye. Have a good weekend. Bye. Bye. Hey, um, what is who or who who has the the who the who ears? Who who has more who's or what has more who's? Jesse with the e or Jesse with the i e? Um, yeah, thanks, French French. I have nothing to actually say. I just need to keep my burner phone. And back for that, so thank you for providing this resource. Hey, Lindsay, Bobby, long time, long time. I'm sure we all saw it today. Duncan stocks up 16%. Some people say it's because they might go private. I say the influence of Who Weekly. Good form, Bella Thorne. Hi, Who Weekly. Um, so unfortunately, I've started talking to my ex. That's not important. Um, but he sent me a picture of the cast of because whatever and so I'm looking at this picture well okay so what I knew before about Frasier is that Kelsey Grammer is in it and I think he's Frasier um but so I'm looking at this picture he sent me and there's this grandpa old man in the middle holding a dog um and then on the left is a man that I would say is Kelsey Grammer, a.k.a. Frazier, but on the right is another man who I would have to say is Kelsey Grammer, a.k.a. Frazier, and so now I'm just a little perplexed because it's not the same person, and so um, my question is who are the two main characters of Frazier, and who is, (laughs) not who is Kelsey Grammer, but like which one is Kelsey Grammer and who's the other one? And also, I'm really sorry for this call. Um, Leanne, quit being bye.